This is the Mailbox Money Podcast, and I am Bronson Hill. As a busy professional, I wrestled with how to grow my income without taking up more of my precious time. I learned that managing real estate, actively trading stocks, or being unable to scale up investments is not passive investing. This is the place where you'll discover new asset classes, develop investing skills, and learn from experts how to become financially free with less work than you thought possible. And now, get ready for truly passive income. So will blockchain take over real estate? I think that's the question a lot of people are asking. And I know one expert that believes that in five years, basically all real estate transactions will take, take place through blockchain technology. So we're going to talk about this today. I've actually got an awesome expert to here today. Courtney Moeller uh, is a great wonderful person in our network. She's known as the blockchain babe affectionately. So Courtney, how are you today? I'm so good, Bronson. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm so honored to be on your show. Absolutely. So talk to us a little bit like what is blockchain and how is it impacting real estate? Oh my gosh. So blockchain, you know, here a few years ago, I didn't even know what it was. And my husband's like, oh, you should buy some Bitcoin. And I'm thinking, what? And Anyway, I started taking a look at it and these these blockchains, when you take a look at that technology, it's essentially a digital ledger, you know, it's a digital store of information and it's fantastic. It's immutable, it's peer-to-peer and it's decentralized and it can't be changed. So anytime somebody does something to that blockchain or to that file, everybody can see it. So you're helping to eliminate corruption. You're helping to eliminate a lot of the issues that we have with a lot of the transactions and the paperwork and storage that we have today. Yeah, so. for sure. Now it's interesting. We've had some conversations. I know we've affectionately joked about, you know, crypto. We have some different views on it. You're a crypto expert. Yeah. I have so much respect for that. Um, but to me, it's really fascinating to think about the technology behind uh, cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin and other things and having transactions. So we think of a real estate transaction. It's a long process. You know, a house takes a month or months to close. Multifamily can do the same. And there's, you know, all kinds of brokers and, you know, loan agents and, and different people involved, title companies. So blockchain has a, the potential to change all that. Can you talk about that? It does. So I guess one of the greatest things that's been added into blockchain is the addition of smart contracts. And, you know, smart contracts are kind of, um, they execute when certain conditions are met. So say, you know, um, the first of the month hits, you know, automatically you can send a payment somewhere else, or let's take that and relate it to real estate and how that would affect real estate. So say you've got an apartment building and, um, somebody wants to rent an apartment, you can have a smart contract that's put into place. I know there's a lot of these apartment complexes are going to smart locks and that sort of thing. So once the paperwork is completed and that deposit and first payment have been sent, it'll automatically send over the key. So everything's completely digitized. There is a, it's all written and stored on the blockchain so it can be seen by everybody and everything was transacted and done. It's, it's kind of that if then execution. So it's perfect and it's fantastic and it's automatic. You know, it's interesting. That's it's, it's a real, it's been a disadvantage and an advantage, obviously for real estate investors, the fact that some, uh, some of it's very inefficient, you know, we find off market deals and there's all kinds of stuff. And I know you can still do that with blockchain technology, but eventually, I mean, we think of like what used to happen with stocks is that it used to be literally paper copies of 
ownership of these shares would be mailed back and forth or they'd be sure. you know transferred different ways or kept different ways and then of course it all moved digital and now you can you know buy and sell and of course like day trading so i mean it basically has the potential that someone could you know own a piece of a house or a piece of an investment and get in and out very quick and with syndication what our business obviously we do multifamily syndication and so one of the challenges is that you know a deal typically lasts five, six years. And if people want to get out, it's very difficult to sell. You can do it. You can potentially try to find somebody to sell, but it becomes difficult. But this basically has it helps people to be able to get in and out of investments and, and provide liquidity uh, on a very you know moment by moment basis. Can you see maybe how that might change uh, you know the, the market for some of this? Will it increase asset values or will it make? I just love to know kind of what you think about what syndications are doing and how that works. Well, I, you know, I, it's the real estate digit, digitization and tokenization and digital assets and securities. It's going to change the way we do things. You know, I, I can remember 15 years ago as a, a realtor when they introduced DocuSign and nobody would accept it. The very first time I tried to complete a real estate transaction with those documents, no, the, no realtor would take it. And now it's normal. We use them for everything. And it's going to be the same way with this tokenization. Everybody's still kind of hesitant. Everybody's still trying to figure out the technology and how it rolls. But, um, you know, we've already got fractionalized real estate assets that are being traded and bought and sold right now on secondary markets. Um, they, you, you can have um, entire asset tokenization where like a property is just represented by one token, or you can have fractionalized tokenization where say a hundred thousand dollar house, you know, the one that I invest in each token is $50. Um, so you'd have, what is it? 2000 tokens that would represent the hundred thousand dollars. And you can buy as little as one token for $50, or you can invest $50,000. So it's really breaking down that barrier to entry and allowing more people to step in and get involved in the investment of real estate. But um, not just that, it's it's transitioning the way that we're going to transact it completely. They're, they're even working right now on, like we have the multiple listing service, they're working on the blockchain listing service. We've got some pretty incredible things that are being rolled out for the real estate industry right now. Yeah, it is. It is really interesting. You know, when new technology comes out, it does become very, um, yeah, it just becomes a, a kind of exotic, whatever the technology. And I think of that, you mentioned DocuSign as an example. And of course now PayPal and all these different things. And years ago, people used to carry cash and do checks. And then of course it was credit cards and now it's become, you know, rare. I mean, people carry cash, but it's like, well, you don't really need to carry cash. I can't think of really like one place that I like to eat or go where, they don't take credit cards, right? Well, so I read a statistic yesterday that said only 8% of the whole cash in the entire world is actual physical cash. 8%. All of the rest of it is digital, which is yeah. kind of crazy when you think about that. That's really not very much cash. Right. It's not. No, and it, it's, it is interesting. And I think, um, I think it's interesting too. Um, there's a conversation around, you know, cryptocurrency with this and, you know, for me, maybe I'm just, uh, you know, stuck in the mud. Some of our listeners are like, oh, crypto seems, you know, it's volatile and it's got, all, you know, pluses and minuses. And to me, I, you know, I, I kind of joke, I did this video about, you know, crypto being in a bubble and it's going to crash and sure. different things. And I know, you know, obviously, um, you know, everybody's got opinions on, on different technologies, but the idea of when a technology is new, a lot of times people have trouble embracing and understanding it. But once people sure. see that it works, right? And everybody's using sure. it and there's advantages to use it. So it could be that pretty soon I'll have my own crypto wallet and I'll be buying my stuff on crypto because that's just what people do. But Bill. um 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah, maybe you'll maybe help me get set, set up. I'm gonna help you set it up. <laughs> yeah, you will. You will. Then, then I'll do a video. I'll go why I love crypto. Right? Like it's so That's easy. Right. It's so great. So, um, but I know a lot of our, our our people, you know, that are watching or listening to this. It's, um, it, you know, to think of okay down the road, I'm going to be able to buy and sell houses or properties instantly without any sort of, you know, it, it may remove some of these people such as title agents or even the idea of having uh, title insurance because you actually can guarantee that it's there or not. What are some of the, like, I guess for somebody who's not technical, uh, you know, to not understand something feels like there's some risk in that. So what, I guess, is there a chance that there's a fraud or maybe the, the group that's putting on the tokenization could go out of business or what are some of the challenges of third parties involved with this that could create some risk in doing real estate transactions? So, you know, I, I thought quite a long time about what the risk could be and, you know, what problems, you know, could be, you know, could come about from that. But, but really, um, I think that as things get tokenized and, and put on the blockchain, I think that you're actually reducing that risk. When you take that human component out and you take away that ability to manipulate and change ledgers and paperwork, it makes things immutable. It makes them the way they are. And, and just think of how, you know, title work, you know, sometimes people will buy a house and they'll flip it and turn around and sell it. And you have to have title insurance done every time. And that's expensive. It's so expensive. Um, once we get that put on the blockchain, that title work is there. There's no need to have it redone over and over and over. So on one hand, it's, I'm, I'm really curious to see how it's going to affect all of our different, you know, different people that we've got involved in real estate. I'm curious to see how it's going to affect realtors, how it's going to affect the title companies, how it's going to affect the people that work for the MLS system. Um, it's going to change everything and it's really going to reduce the fees and make everything a lot more efficient. You're not going to have to worry about going and fighting the courthouse to get your documents. You're going to be able to get them instantly. Hmm, that's amazing. You mentioned something I've heard this before, um, actually in this book that I think we both read that it's uh, by Steve Streetman about cryptocurrency and real estate, which is a great yeah. book. I'm almost all the way through it. But um, you talk about immutability. What does that mean on as far as blockchain? Because if somebody doesn't really understand, or you know, yeah, I'm still kind of getting my head around this. Does that mean that this ledger goes along and things are entered and then the computer networks, so different you know, computer systems, they'll basically post this publicly and it's got to match up with the other ones on the network or else it, it's it's not a valid transaction. Is that what immutability means? It means is? you can't go in and change it. That contract cannot be changed. So you can't change the original contract. You can come in and make changes, but everybody can see those. You can never go back in and change what was originally there. So that's what right. that means. What happens if you make a mistake on a deal or you're doing something, you know, I don't know how, let's say, well, yeah. That's, that's completely fine. You can go in, but if you aren't doing anything that you don't want people to see, you can make those changes. They're there for everybody to see. It's public and everybody that goes on and takes a look can see it. There's just no way to go back and try to one line and change something without everybody knowing it. Right. Okay. So you can change it. It's just takes a little work to go back and, and do it. So can you talk a little bit, I know you mentioned um, the idea of you know being tokenized or tokenization. Does that simply mean that um, each, you know, like a house can be fractionally sold 
in little pieces? Is that kind of the only, like when you talk about a token, is that just simply like a share? Is that kind of how you describe that? It is. It's just, and that's a really good way actually to share that um, and explain it is um, to just take that house. And, you know, if you were to say, by, like I was saying a minute ago, the each share was worth $50. You can take it and fractionalize it and break it down into pieces, or you can have it tokenized where one token represents that property and it becomes a digital asset. Sure. So, um, and those, they're really working on like the secondary markets and the alternative trading systems for these digital assets. Right. So they'll have uh, some easy way to buy and sell and to trade on that. Can you talk a little bit more about you know, incentives. Cause I know when people have incentives to do things, one you mentioned is that there could be less fees involved. There's less people involved. There's less there, but what are some of the incentives for, uh, you know, people that are real estate insiders? So it's so like myself that we syndicate large multifamily deals and we have investors come in. Like, what are some of the incentives for someone like myself or other people that are in the industry? Well, I'm so glad that you asked that. <laughs> I'm so I, glad that you're so excited that I asked that. <laughs> well, I have got a, a partner that I've been working with and we are creating a platform where, you know, if this is definitely an issue with new syndicators. You know, if I told you that I was creating a platform and you could come on there with a new apartment complex and instantly raise the funds that you need, would you be interested in that? being able to put it on a platform and, and have it immediately funded like within hours or days. Of course. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and not only that, but one of the, the biggest problems that we have with real estate is liquidity. So we are creating a platform right now where any syndicator can come and they can put their project and they can raise funds. There will be an entire pool of investors that they will be able to tap into. Um, and not only that, there will be monthly appraisals done on the properties um, so that anybody at any time can see what kind of equity they have built up. Where does that property stand? And on a regular like 506B, 506C, you do have to keep those funds locked up for a year. But say you've already tapped into, you know, created $100,000 of liquidity or half a million dollars of liquidity in five months or six months or however long, you can go ahead and take those tokens and borrow against them, cash them out, move them to a different investment. Um, it, essentially, the platform will take uh, it'll make assets that have generally been illiquid, it will make them liquid at the discretion of the investor. And not only that, but, uh, you know, when you go in and you've got an apartment complex and two, three, four years down the road, you are refinancing so you can pull that equity out that you've created. It's expensive. You know, you refinance $50 million, $100 million, and it's expensive. So the same platform, you're going to be able to go in and pull that equity out, refinance it without ever having to go through a bank. You'll be able to do it right on the platform and pull that money out. So yeah. in very, very quickly. So we're really, really excited about it. We're really excited to offer that to the public and we're working really hard to get it done. You know, I love it. It's interesting. Um, even this book was talking about it, the idea of bringing, you know, cryptocurrency and real estate together, the principles of cryptocurrency, because cryptocurrency is seen as being very volatile, but yet real estate's being seen as, as very stable and very kind of plain vanilla, you know, like washing paint dry is about as exciting as it gets, you know, when you're when you're doing real estate. But the idea of like having liquidity within a deal or having the option for liquidity is huge because that's honestly a lot of what we're getting paid for is having money tied up for a long period of time. So we're getting 
sure. double digit returns or higher uh, just to have money that's tied up, but to be able to have liquidity is really huge. So as far as, um, you know, like pulling money out, would that just, that should be something you'd go on the platform and it would say, oh, there's, and then some bank would basically loan you that money until it's there kind of. Yeah, you'll be able to get it right off the platform. Say, say you put in a hundred thousand dollars into an investment and you now have, and now it's worth $120,000. So you want to cash out $20,000. You'll go in, you can either borrow against that on the platform, or you can sell off of $20,000 worth or whatever it is you're wanting to do. You can cash it out and take it, or you can take it and reinvest it into another project. And wow. you talk about the, the volatility. And I think where um, this is, it, it's a little bit different because crypto with actual cryptocurrencies is very volatile. Real estate is very stable. And when you're transacting on the blockchain and using that technology, that's different than investing in a cryptocurrency. So right. I think there's still a little bit of a stigma around cryptocurrency and what they represent and what are they worth? And there is volatility and what's going on. But the, the technology that blockchain is, is what real estate is going to be transacted on. And that's com- it will not have the volatility that we see in cryptocurrency. Right. Yeah. I describe it to people just that, you know, it's like you said, the technology more than it is, uh, you know, it doesn't fluctuate. So you create it. It's almost like when you have uh, I'm a big points guy, but like points with airlines or you have all those travel points, you know, you know, those are worth a certain amount. You can travel, you can do things with them. It's almost like this is the same, except that it gives you actually full liquidity where you can sell, you can refinance, you can pull money out. And I think that's huge because let's say, we have for our investors a multifamily deal and it's a five-year deal and it, you know it's gone up and we want to refinance, but we don't necessarily, we're not quite ready to yet, but there's all this equity there and it's shown the equities there. An investor can individually pull out money early and be able to reinvest that, which I think is huge. And that maybe even a way as a syndicator, we actually encourage people to do that uh, rather than having us to refinance the entire property, which there's a lot of transaction costs with doing that. Well, and not only that, Bronson, but you can go in and you don't ever have to sell the asset. You can go in and borrow against it or pull that equity out and keep that asset forever and put that money into something else without ever having to get rid of that asset. Yeah. And, th- and that's a huge advantage too, because one of the challenges I find, and you know, a lot of times with investors is, you know, you, you meet an investor and you're like, Hey, you want to invest in our deal. And well, how long is it going to be in there for? Well, if you say, well, it's going to be like 10 years, you know, maybe forever, <laughs> like it's kind of hard. So we've had to do these shorter range three to six year deals because sure. people, you know, want to know when I get my money back. But if the idea is like, Hey, it's going to be in there as a 10 year you know, deal or fund, but anytime you want, you go on there and it's on a monthly basis and you can just figure out what the value is and just pull money out as needed. I think that's a huge, huge advantage. Or even if you could just sell out completely, you could just say, Hey, I'm going to stay in for a year. I'm going to stay in for six years or 10 years. And then it actually makes it much easier. I think even as an operator that you actually can hold that deal forever. And it really allows you to take advantage of that. So people, if they own shares of this, um, then they would get paid out the same way, right? So then the operator would just say, even if it changes on a monthly basis or quarterly, we would just kind of prorate based on who owns those shares at that time. Sure, right? you'll, it'll still be set up just the way that you have it, but eventually, you know, people will, you'll be able to see your appraisal every single month because it will come out monthly. So you'll automatically know what it's at. And if you've got equity that you can capitalize on, so you'll right. just know it every month. So I'm thinking really practically now, you got me thinking about this as a syndicator, but what is what does it cost to tokenize right now? I mean, I imagine it's probably more expensive than it will be, but let's say I have a $20 million apartment building. Uh, what does it cost to tokenize that? 
So we are still working on our fee schedule and I, we do not have anything set in stone right now. We're working on it and I'm sure it will probably end up being a sliding scale based off of, uh, you know, how much, how many millions of dollars and that sort of thing. So we, the way we had worked it out and I don't want to release anything just yet, but um, I can tell you for, especially some of these bigger projects, um, it, when you go in and you have the refi fees and all of that sort of stuff, it's way less expensive than what it would be to actually traditionally finance your, your projects. Right. Okay. That's great. Hey, I, I'm all for trying new things that work different. We'll have to talk more about that offline yes. for sure, but that's yeah. really good. So it sounds like you're directly involved in setting this up. I mean, there's, there are other groups yes. that are doing it, but you're like on the ground floor, which is, yes, which is huge. I, yeah, Shannon Rob Ned is the other person that I'm working with, and I'm on the founders board, and we're we're working really hard to get it to get it done, and we're really excited about it. That's great. I know Shannon. Shannon does a lot of building up in Idaho, right? Does a whole yes. lot of stuff up there. He That's does. great. Oh, he's a good guy. Um, awesome. Well, let's shift gears here for a minute. I I want to. Uh, I think you know I might be like a lot of people as far as crypto. Let's kind of shift more to crypto because I want to kind of get your thoughts on it. I want you to educate me so I feel more comfortable with it in general. So shifting from tokenization and more real okay. estate, but just crypto. Um, so talk to me a little bit, you know, I think some of my concerns that like you probably saw the video I put out, you know, it's basically the, you know, the who created this, you know, is there any sort of backdoor in there, really understanding the investment itself or the store of value, and then just the volatility of it. Can you maybe talk to some of those the challenges of crypto or do you see it becoming more stable or what are some things that you would share? Well, I think probably the biggest challenges that we're still facing today are ease of even getting into it. So, um, you know, using these wallets are it's once you know how to do it, it's easy, but at first it's pretty intimidating and it's really scary to send bigger amounts and to think that if you send it to the wrong place, there's no fixing it. You don't have a manager you can call and have it reversed or refunded. And so that's a little bit scary right now. Um, still, I, I actually met, I was at a digital asset and securities convention in Austin last week. And there was a man down there that is on his third development of a blockchain. And he is creating wallets where people can create like bronson.com or courtney.com. And that will be your wallet address. So people huh. can send you crypto and it goes straight to your URL. So hmm. they've really got to spend some time making this easier and making it a little more foolproof and making these wallets easier to get to. Um, a lot of the exchanges that I use, it's so important to make sure that you get on good, reputable exchanges um, like crypto.com and Coinbase. These exchanges are, they all have insurance. So I don't ever worry about the funds that I have on there because I know if it were to get hacked through their end, they will replace anything that gets stolen. The cautionary part is that you have to be worried about whatever phishing emails you might click on, because if you get hacked from your end, then you're going to lose it and you're not going to be able to recover it. And when you have a substantial amount of money sitting somewhere in a wallet, that can be a little bit nerve wracking. So um, you got to make sure that you keep things in wallets and not on exchanges and just be very cautious cautionary about passwords and that sort of thing. So once we kind of break through some of those battles and that ease of use and that worry about losing your money and that sort of thing is when we'll really see that main adoption happen. Right. You know, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, storage is an issue for uh, crypto as well as gold and silver, as well as there's other things that uh, if people are interested in storing stuff and investing outside of Wall Street, which is really what we do on the Mailbox Money Show, is just talk about where can you invest or put your money so that it stores value outside of Wall Street. 
And so, you know, obviously metals, you have to pay to store them somewhere. You can do a vault at your house, safety deposit box and insure it. Um, you know, this obviously there's, there can be, uh, you know, challenges with it as well. But one thing I really like uh, potentially about crypto is that it does offer uh, some inflation hedge against just more and more money printing. Now, I know every crypto is different. I know Bitcoin has a very limited number of, you know, cryptos out there. But um, what do you see as far as just the number of cryptocurrencies that are out there and that are growing? I don't know how many thousands there are now, oh but gosh, um, like 10,000. Like 10,000. So how do you, so how do you know which of those are going to be stable? And I kind of, you know, mentioned like the we used to have MySpace when I was, you know, in college and everybody had a MySpace page and it was, you know, kind of a blast sure. of the past, your top eight people. And then, then it almost overnight, everything switched to Facebook. And so I always ask about like Bitcoin, well, is it, is it MySpace or is it Facebook? Like, which one is it? Do we know? And if a better technology comes out, will it make that one obsolete? Or I just would love to know kind of what you think about all these competing technologies. So they like I said, 10,000 coins now. And the majority of them, we're going to go through the same thing that we saw in the dot-com bubble burst. And a lot of these projects are going to die and they're going to crash and burn and we're never going to hear from them again. And, and actually, if you take a look at the cryptocurrencies there are now compared to what there were five years ago, it's completely different. So mm. there's a handful of the same, but the majority are not. So Bitcoin is king. Bitcoin is going to be there forever. Ethereum will be there forever. Um, everything else is questionable. So um, I have got some guys that I follow that I've been following for a couple of years now. They've never steered me wrong. And um, they put out, they do a really, really good job of uh, researching projects and what they're doing, what they're bringing to the table. How are they affecting real life? You know, what are they doing to change whatever's already out there. Like, how is this project, what are they doing that's different than another project that's already doing the same thing? So, um, cause there's a lot of them out there that are trying all trying to solve the same problem. And it's kind of like a race to see who can, you know, transact faster and who can do this. And there's several projects right now that are battling Ethereum. So we're all just waiting to see who's going to be the winner. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is like you said, yeah, it's interesting to to watch that development. Um, what are some other trends that are happening in crypto? I know you mentioned uh, about, you know, NFTs. We were kind of touching base. You sent me something about that. Yeah. What, talk to me about NFTs and what you see that being. Oh gosh, the NFTs. So I have personally not jumped into the NFT space. It's, it's such a huge thing. I just, you know, buying a digital monkey for a million dollars is just crazy to me. I just, <laughs> I just, um, but you'd you be know, the only one you'd be the, you'd uh, be the first you'd own. The I mean, first. $30 million for a rock. Really? Like what is happening? Yeah, maybe I'm in the wrong business. <laughs> Apparently we're in the wrong business. Apparently we need to be creating NFTs. So, you know, as far as the digital art goes, I I'm, I'm still kind of struggling with some of that. I don't, I haven't purchased any of my own. I haven't jumped on that train. So I, I like a more of the real use case NFT choices that we have out there. Um, you know, Carnomaly is a car project that is working. They have uh, partnered with the National Motor Vehicle Title Administration, and they will be putting every single car's VINs onto, they'll be creating an NFT for every single VIN. And so every VIN for every car will be stored on the blockchain, and you'll be able to see 
any kind of accident history, um, owner history, uh, maintenance that's been done to the car, everything will be on this blockchain. So anytime you go to buy a vehicle, you'll be able to pull that bin and you'll be able to see all of the history on that vehicle immediately, which is very wow. cool. That's a real use world case use that, you know, helps people that rock art. I don't, I don't know. So <laughs> yeah, well, it reminds me there's like car facts where you actually fax and get a copy of all the stuff yeah. that you know happened to a car, but to have that all much more digitally available, I yes. think is, is huge. Yeah. The, uh, the NFT, I think it stands for non-fungible token. Is that right? It's, token. And yes. people buy these images of all kinds of, yeah. If you want to search anybody watching or listening, you can go search NFTs and just, it's crazy. I mean, the sky's the limit and people have too much well, money. And there's a say. lot, you know, tops, you know, the tops baseball cards are making their tops cards as NFTs. Um, top shots through the NBA are doing these three second shots of their players that you can go in and buy. And so, I mean, it's hitting all these different spaces. The one I do like that I think is a really good idea are all of these like outfits and clothes that you can buy for your video games. I'm pretty sure that we could probably fund about five different college educations with the number of skins that my child has bought in Fortnite. <laughs> but here's the thing, you know, we've bought all these skins, but really Fortnite, the game still owns those skins. If we leave that game, you can't take them with you. So one of the really cool things that these NFTs are doing are creating these shoes and digital shoes and clothes and outfits and skins that you can have and store in your wallet. So when you move from game to game and different platform, you can take them with you. And I can see, you know, here, say you decide you don't want to play that game anymore. You can actually sell your wardrobe or, you know, whatever it is that you've been collecting. And so I can actually see value in that as well. That would be fantastic. So all yeah. of Fortnite skin money's gone. There was this movie called Ready Player One, where it's like everybody lives more on the yes. digital universe that it seems like we're becoming more and more digital. And so for those that uh, have difficulty uh, accepting change, maybe like myself or other people, I think it's time to at least get on board that things are changing. So um, where can someone learn more about uh, tokenized real estate or crypto? Do you have any suggestions? You know, the very first book that I ever read was called The Crypto Revolution, and it's by Bryce Paul and Aaron Malone. It's it's a very quick read. It's great. You can grab it on Amazon. They they really pull Bryce does an amazing job of just relaying information and what's going on in the crypto space and kind of how it got started and what it's doing and what it's trying to do to change our world. And so um, it's what, it's what got me started. And it's what, you know, made me start taking a look and going, okay, you know, what, what is this blockchain technology? And so um, it's really, you know, as far as real estate tokenization, that is really difficult because people are still trying to figure that out. They, regulators are still trying to figure all of it out there. It's, it's, you know, a lot of the information I have, I have gotten from clubhouse groups that I'm in. Um, I've gone to different conferences and things like that. So there's some good books out there. I, you know, you can just look, you know, Google crypto or DuckDuckGo, whatever you use and, and pull that up and search it. But for actual like sites where you can go and pull that information up, that's, it's, it's a little bit tough. So it's, it's still so early and people are still trying to figure it out. Yeah, it is definitely a new emerging area in a lot of ways. And just the way that this will impact, uh, I think is really interesting to see. Well, Courtney, this has been a great conversation. I really want to honor you for uh, you coming on the show today and also for you embracing uh, you know, new technology, you know, you know, mixing it with old, with real estate and just kind of really trying to get on the front of where that's going and for your insights. So I appreciate you doing that. 
And even though I did a video that was down on crypto, I'm really glad that you love crypto. <laughs> and I think that you're great. So I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, how are, what's a way people can get in touch with you? Oh, you know, I, uh, my email address is Courtney at empireinvestor.com and it's empr-investor.com. So, and our website is empireinvestor.com. So that's about it. I would love for anybody to come check it out. I'm about to start working on a crypto newsletter that I've been building. So we'll be rolling that out soon, but you can come on and subscribe and you'll get it once, once that rolls out. So make sure you reach out to Courtney and Courtney, thanks again for coming on and uh, look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you, Bronson. Thanks for having me. So this was a great episode. Uh, Courtney is awesome. You can see just the idea of blending two technologies. One is much more volatile. One is much more stable. Now, cryptocurrency is one thing and tokenization is the same technology, but it's not based on a currency. So there's just simply more basing it on the value of real estate, or some other asset. So uh, I think at some point, I really think this is going to happen. And I think it's important that people pay attention, whether you invest in token, tokenized real estate, you're just looking at it. Uh, but I do think it is something that's going to happen because of all the, the advantages. I mean, it cuts out, it could potentially cut out a lot of fees with different brokers or different, um, uh, just even transaction fees, having title insurance, maybe, you know, title companies, their fees could go down. It just it has the potential to cause a lot of disruption, and we're seeing this in a lot of other areas where things are just getting disrupted. Because uh, I mean, look at Uber, right? Everybody's using taxis, and all of a sudden, a more efficient technology came around. So it is really important to pay attention. So uh, anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next one. You've been listening to the Mailbox Money Podcast. For more free resources, articles, and videos, go to BronsonEquity.com. There you can download your copy of the special report, The Single Best Investment Strategy During and After a Pandemic. None of the information shared here is an offer to buy a specific investment, and this is for educational purposes only. Consult your financial, legal, and tax professionals and use your own common sense before making any investment decisions. Thanks for joining us, and be sure to tune in next time for more Mailbox Money.